Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast, and we are a man down. We can't disclose the reasons, it's all very top secret. Hush, hush, you know, you've got to be in the know to be in the know. But, f- worry not, fret not, I think we can just about manage. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, leave a review where you can leave a review, and... The big one there, share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, send them on this podcast. They might just thank you for it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Well, she doesn't lie, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, the lady does not lie. Welcome on in. Recording is indeed in progress. And you join us with one, two, three people at the desk. Hmm. Something must have gone drastically wrong here. No, no, no. Mr. Mackinmore is just unavailable to join us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me. So what that does mean is that the football podcast this week is coming to you from the Cookie Cast Podcast Network with myself, the leader, Mr. Andrew Cook, and Hull City's finest, Stuart Woodmansey. How are we doing this week, gents? Oh. All good. Well, all so good. Indeed. Some good. The last game of the year of the week to go through from a week 19 perspective could flavour the podcast somewhat but we'll dive into that when we get to it our first game of the week from week 19 saw Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on Nottingham Forest now obviously this is the part of the podcast where uh, Mr Moore would dive in and tell us just how bad Forest were in this draw um, however as you can see he isn't here so I'll, I'll jump in it was a 1-1 draw with Wolves and uh, Nottingham Forest uh Forrest actually took the lead in this game. Harry Toffolo um, popping up with a with an unusual for him goal. Um, I don't think they made it into the second half with the lead, however. Let me just double check. No, 32 minutes. Uh, Matthias Cunha got the equaliser for Wolves. Um, from what I can remember of the highlights, not many more chances in the game. It kind of petered out after that point. They never used to. They, didn't, they weren't really. They weren't really going back to um, whoever it was that was covering the game on Soccer Saturday on Sky uh, too much in the second half. So the game petered out to a one-one draw. Um, Predictions-wise, no one really got any points for this one, as um, three was at uh, wins for, for Wolves, and Andy had a win for Forest. Um, Matt, however, did get himself a bonus point as he did pick Cunha to score for Wolves. So after the first, the first game of the week, um, just Matt scoring a point there. The rest of us all on zero. Our second game of the week took us to the Riverside where Middlesbrough played Ipswich Town. Second in the league, Ipswich Town, no less. Um, and uh, by all accounts, they started the game pretty well. I think they were on top. Um, they were pushing for the opening goal. Uh, and then sort of got hit on the uh, on the counter attack as it as it seemed. Uh, the ball had been prayed in from the right hand side. Um, it kind of clattered into Johnny Housen in the box um, and just rebounded into the path of uh, Connor Chaplin, who um, just uh, smashed it past Senny Dieng to open the goal scoring. Um, so that was that was in the thirty sixth minute. Uh, and they went into the, they went into the half time with that one uh, that one goal advantage, um, and they capitalised on it in the second half um, when the ball was peeing around the the, the Ipswich box, um, and just one straight through ball um, was played from just outside the area um, into the centre circle for the guy who flicked it just round the corner for Amari Hutchinson to uh, to latch onto. Uh, and just stick it underneath the goalkeeper for 2-0. Um, and that's kind of how it panned out for the Borough. Um, no, 
real chances. Um, could have opened the scoring, but weren't able to capitalise. Uh, obviously, then went one 0 down, went two 0 down, couldn't get themselves back into the game. Sadly, um, so yeah, two 0 loss, uh, second defeat in a row for Middlesbrough uh, in this particular run of fixtures. Um, predictions wise, Andy had gone for a two 0 but to the borough, so no points there. Matt had gone for a two-two draw and had picked Chaplin to score, so gets himself a bonus point for the goal scorer. Myself and Mr. Woodmancy had very sensibly picked an Ipswich win. Stuart gone one-nil with Broadhead to score. I'd gone two-one with Chaplin and Luongo, who I wasn't aware was actually not available for this game as he was suspended. So had I known that, I may have picked someone else. Probably not on Mary Hutchinson, though. Um, so, I bagged myself two points for that game. Stu, one point. Matt, another point. And he's still yet to get off the mark, certainly. Our third game of the week took us to Loftus Road, where Queen's Park Rangers took on Hull City. How did this one pan out for your boys, Mr Woodmansey? Uh, quite simply, QPR made it three wins in a row, but remained in the bottom three. So I would have that down as a bad result for Hull, personally. Uh, the game finished 2-0 to QPR. Willock scored in added time at the end of the first half. Um, was an absolute belter, though. There's nothing that the keeper could have done about that one, particularly. Um, Chair scored on 73 minutes in the second half. And the keeper could have done a lot more about that one. It was entirely Orsop's fault. Um, it just gave the ball away under pressure. And it, yet again, as I've been talking about for the last few weeks, it's another game where Hull have had the most possession and shots on target, but nothing to show for it. It was just more of the same, effectively. Um, just not, <laughs> not one good bit, really. Can't really say anything, anything about that game where... Like anyone's going to remember it by the end of the season. So probably not even from a QPR point of view. <laughs> Just the fact that they got a few points and they move on. It was not a spectacle by any stretch. Not not good. Uh, obviously, three games in and only a point to show for it for our our, our collective boys. Um, predictions wise, Andy and myself. And Mr. Moore were all optimistic on this one, and we've gone for whole wins. Um, so, not very good. Uh, no points for us, apart from the fact that I did have Elias Chair to score. Um, so, I do get myself a bonus point for the goal scorer. Stu had gone for a 1 1 draw with Chair to score for Queen's Park Rangers, so also bags himself a bonus point. So, that's myself on, one, myself on three. Stu on two, Matt on two, and Andy still yet to score for the week. Um, our fourth game saw Mr. Cook's adopted team of Wigan Athletic taking on Lincoln City. Um, and there wasn't much to say about this one, as it was nil-nil. I didn't even see highlights, as, again, it was nil-nil. I'll have a look. I didn't even see highlights because there were none, was the... Well, I mean, I can only presume that is the case. Let's have a look at the stats. Uh, how many shots on target did we have in the game? Um, one. Literally across both teams. So, we're going to have three shots in the entire game. Hang on. We're going to have three shots in the game. Two were off target. So, one just disappeared into the ether. Make of that what you will. Um, uh, Lincoln managed to get nine total shots, one of which was on target, and two were off target. So apparently six of their shots have just disappeared as well. Um, not quite sure how to um, process that particular information. But um, yeah, it doesn't sound like it was a, a barn burner of a game, let's put it that way. Um, Predictions-wise, we all we don't, none of us get any points for goal scorers. Obviously, there's no goals. I'd gone for a 1-0 Wigan win. Stu, uh, so, so and Andy, uh, Stu had gone for a 2-1 Lincoln win, whereas Matt had gone for a 2-2 draw. So Matt does get himself a bonus point for the draw there. 
uh, moving himself on to three points so far for the week. Stu stays on two, I stay on three. Andy, still yet to get off the mark. Our fifth and final game, though, ladies and gentlemen, is the game we were all waiting for. It's the first of our meeting of the minds, as it were, in the podcast realm. It was Middlesbrough versus Hull City, and not to date the podcast in any way, shape or form, but it may have only just finished within the last 15 minutes or so. Um, shall, shall I do the first half and you do the second half? Ah, yeah, I mean, I'm quite happy just to, just to chat through it between us if you want, because uh, your your descriptions are always much more uh, detailed than mine, and plus there'll be points in both halves where we both want to complain about a lot of things, I should imagine. Yeah, well, um, the the opening to the game was... was quite usual for Borough. They were straight onto the front foot, tried to sort of pin, pull back with their with their pass and move. Uh, and it worked quite well. And within five minutes, they had the opening goal of the game. Um, I believe it was Lucas Engel down the left-hand side who crossed the ball in. Um, did it go back to Green? No. It went across the box to Jones. Who tried to uh, who tried to lay it into Latte Laugh's pass, but completely misplayed the ball. Um, it still ended up at Latte Laugh's feet, and he was the quickest of him and the defenders to work his feet out and just slide it straight into the goal through the legs of the goalkeeper, no less. Um, uh, and at that point, I would say it was it was an, it was a deserved opener. They were they were comfortably the better side in the opening five minutes. I'd say. Yeah, the, the, I mean. Not not going to make too many excuses for our centre half, but you know the poor lad has got a week old baby at home, so has probably had very little sleep this week. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. I didn't I didn't. I mean, we'll get into this a bit more as it goes, but um, I didn't care for any of the commentary team tonight on Sky. They were absolutely useless. Um, and two minute two minutes into the game. Uh, they come out with, well, Middlesbrough have had all the possession in this game so far. It's two minutes in, you absolute bellend. Like, <laughs> I, I, what? Like, no, bring your possession stats out after half an hour. After 20 minutes even, if you want. Two minutes in, anybody with eyes could see that Hull did not start that game well. Even if you watched the entire first half, you could see that Hull did not start that game well. But <laughs> so that, Christ. to me, that... That to me is the equivalent of like match of the day showing up the league table on the first game of the season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, there was uh, other instances, but we'll we'll come to them as we go. And you, mm. for those of you watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see the smoke start to appear out of my ears as we get to those points. <laughs> so five minutes in, one nil to the borough. One should really have been two, as Isaiah Jones was put clean through. He, he, he did have he did have a defender tracking. Um, but somehow managed to forget which part of his foot is used to strike the ball um, as he was clean through on the right-hand side of the box. And somehow managed to just chip it wide as if he was... Um, what's the golfing term? He was he was looking for he was looking for a full force uh, with the wedge. And he somehow managed to completely open the face, shall we say. Uh, and um, uh, for one of the better phrase, spanned it wide. Um... I can't. I can't really remember too many more chances in the first half. If I'm being honest, it it kind of just. It was a very. Well, let's call a spade a spade. It was a poor game. A lot of yes. misplaced passes on both sides. Um, the amount of t- I lost count of the amount of times that both teams got into the final third and just passed it straight to the opposition team. The one thing that I will say for Borough is that. So quite a lot of the, the the misplaced passes from Hull ended up being in Hull's own defensive half because Borough were at, Borough were pressing. There's no two ways about it. We we sat very deep in that first half, and it was almost as if the misplaced passes were they were expecting somebody to make a run, and rather than seeing if that actually materialised, just passed it into open space anyway, um, and ended up giving the ball away quite a lot, but. But yeah, there wasn't wasn't much going on for Hull. We were getting done down that um, right at well Hull's right hand side quite a lot the first half, and 
changes definitely needed to be made. Um, but I can't remember was it was it half time that the changes came or was it just after? No, the uh, the game went into the second half. Uh, so obviously the first half finished with with Borough leading one nil, and we went into the second half with no changes on both sides. But it was on the sixty. Uh, technically, the, it says sixty and sixty one, but it was technically I suppose sixty one by the time the the, the watch ticked over. But Hull made a triple substitution. Uh, Ruben Benega came up for Cyrus Christie. Adama Traore came up for Jean-Michel Seri. And Ozan Tufan came up for Scott Twine. Um, and that's kind of when Hull... I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this because of how the game petered out, but I wouldn't even say they got a, got a fall in the game. It wasn't as if they were pushing Borough back or pressing them or anything. They weren't... It didn't seem to affect Borough's game, game plan. Borough was still on the front foot and keeping Hull pressed back in their own half and they were doing most of the attacking. Hull ended up with... Was it a corner? Yeah. So, it was it was a corner from um, Hull's right-hand side. Um, swung into the near post and Greaves looked to flick it. I, I definitely think he was going for that. Um, as it happened, he flicked it towards the back post where... Um, I mean, probably three Middlesbrough defenders had just decided to absolutely go nowhere near the back post, um, leaving Delap in space to smash it in with his head from about two yards out. Yeah, if you, if you watch if you watch the yeah, the footage back, Dan Barlazer is the guy who's tracking Delap on his run from the edge of the box. It just completely switches off. Yeah, he just he tracks him to about the he tracks him to about the um, the penalty spot or the edge of the six yard box and then just completely switches off and just tracks the ball. Um, so a classic a classic example of someone who's who's caught ball watching. Um, the lap stays switched on, peels off to the back stick and is completely unmarked, like Stu said, so just nodding from two yards out. Um, I feel like there was a bit of dissension, not dissension to the point where they were arguing, but there was a bit of confusion amongst Borough's back line, I think, at that point, because the three that were kind of stood in the middle of the six-yard box, Barlazer included at that point, were just kind of stood looking at each other as if to say, he was yours, no, he was yours. And, like, th- like it was too late then. It had already gone. Yeah, absolutely. Class- classic, you know, oh, yeah, you were supposed to pick him up. No, you were supposed to pick him up. It don't matter, lads. We can concede it now. Let's just forget about it. Just get back on it. Push up, keep pushing them back. And let's go for the second. Um, and yeah, a, a bit of a, a bit of an equaliser, just completely out of the blue, really. Um, I, I would even say at that point, I, I, I think if you'd have offered him at the time, Paul would have snapped your hand off for the point there and then because the changes that. Um, Rossini was making seemed to me like they were they were shutting up shop and just going for st- sticking with the point that they'd come for. Absolutely, because when so it bring brings Doherty on as def, like a def, defensive player, and then who did he take off to bring McLaughlin on? He brought off a, an the attacking lap. player. The lap so off. yeah, it, effectively, yeah, bringing on an, an extra defender. Um, he absolutely was trying to hang on, like not even sell. By the way that that game had gone, it was not electric at either end. But if any team had attacked, it was Borough. So to yeah. me, it was it was hanging on for the point. And then, really, again, it was just another lapse in concentration that let Hull in. Like it was obviously Hull had to attack and move the ball forward, but they dropped the stat that uh, it was the first time in. Eight games that Tufan had scored. Like he, he is not a prolific goal scorer for a forward player at all. He's he's usually two or three yards behind the pace, and I, I think I even mentioned it. Like I've mentioned it before. Like his usual shtick is get subbed on, get a yellow card, have a little paddy about it. Don't really play anymore, and. I was fully expecting that because he came on and he was he was niggling because he was behind the play again. But being behind the play helped a little bit for the goal because Barlazer very nicely took all the pace off a ball headed into, <laughs> across his own goal and uh, dropped it nicely into the path of 
the late arriving two fan to uh, took it into the bottom left hand corner. In fairness, it wasn't a bad finish. The keeper couldn't reach it from where he put it. Well, um, it wasn't. No, it, it, it wasn't. He didn't play into two fans' path, did he? He sort of killed it into the path of someone else who laid it back for two fans to sort of walk onto to pass in. And I can't I think who it was. Um, might have been Trey Who was down as getting the assist? Slater. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, not Slater. Docky. It is. Docky is down as getting the assist on 82. Yeah. So, obviously, like Bar- like, like you say, Barley's, like, it couldn't have been a simpler ball. All he needed to do was just sort his feet out, take it into his path. Either play it off or literally just start start the attack again, which he has been, which he'd been doing all night. To be fair, he was he was one of the one of the two that was playing in the midfield. He was just picking the ball and driving through the midfield in the house. Um, but I should I should add add in at this point actually that uh, and as well this is this is for you as well, Mister Cook, and I will watch your face whilst I deliver this news just to see what you might have noted down for the week ahead. Um, in the QPR game, I should have mentioned that uh, a very innocuous block tackle has now put Jaden Philogene on the sidelines for six weeks. So therefore, he missed the Borough game tonight. I was worried, <laughs> to say the least. Without him, you could see the amount of times that when the ball got to kind of like the centre circle, they were looking for that outlet, and it wasn't there. Um, there was there was quite a few times where the ball had gone down the right hand side. Uh, City's right hand side particularly and they were looking to where they would normally look to switch it and there was just nothing so they, they, they ended up passing it back straight back to Borough or like running into trouble so it'll be interesting to see how we manage without him for that amount of time I mean hopefully he'll be back sooner but it, it knee ligaments are very uh, <laughs> a, a very very bizarre injury I suppose it depends how bad it is it could it could be a fortnight, it could be a season ender, but the the time scale they've given is six weeks on this one, so we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out. Mm. I don't know if uh, I don't know if it was a straight swap, but obviously Aaron Connolly got the star tonight. Um, That's not a fair trade. <laughs> and um, I, I'll I'll say that he, he he put in his usual Riverside Stadium performance. To be fair, um, as uh, he was god awful. Um, yeah. Touch completely missing. Um, he took a couple of chances. Um, early doors were like shots and things like that. When the ball was coming straight into him rather than taking a touch and trying to sort of play it on. Um, and every time something didn't come off for him, the uh, the Borough crowd were you know really supportive in you know trying to g him up so that he played. Oh no, sorry, they were straight on him every chance they had to uh, remind him of how shit a player he was when he was at the Borough. So in, um, in, like, in the first half, when uh, Borough had gone one 0 up, Hull had a chance three or four minutes later, where the ball broke to him just on the edge of the penalty area, and he had the full goal to aim at. Granted, he's a little man, so he's you know the edge of the penalty area might seem like miles away for him, but um, <laughs> yeah, he just fed it straight down the keeper's throat. In fact, actually, I think he even curled it into his hand, so he actually helped the keeper out by putting it even nearer. Um, and it never really got better for him from that point onwards. There was, I think, his other highlight of the game was when Hull won a free kick in midfield, and one of the Borough players wouldn't move out of the way within the two seconds that the foul had just been committed. So he thought he was clever by kicking it into the Borough player to try and just be a bit of a shit. Um, and again, no yellow card was produced because the Borough player had literally got up off the ground and started to very slowly walk away. He hadn't had a chance to move away from the area. And the referee, I think, actually, I remember catching it, actually laughed at him for, for doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, his, not his finest hour tonight. Mm. So, yeah, so Hull took the lead with 82 minutes, Gordon, for the last 10, 15 minutes that was left. Um, it was basically just a case of Borough just chasing to try and get back into the game. Uh, a ball down the right hand side for Matt Crooks to latch on to. Um, uh, he had a chance to lob the keeper as um, also was off his line. Um, and he basically just dollied it straight back to him. It was worse than a back pass. Um, Crooks was very, very poor for Borough tonight. A lot of, a lot of the players were, were way off off the pace. Um, 
and then and then right at the end, um, Borough got a corner with about literally ten seconds to go, so the keeper came up. Um, obviously, this is the same keeper that last season for QPR scored in the last minute with a corner uh, from a corner with a header. Um, so he has got previous for scoring late goals. Um, he did get his head on it, but nothing came from it in as much as the ball was like it kind of went to a whole player who cleared it out, worked its way back out to the Borough lads who took a shot, also got down to save, um, then then scrambled up to save the rebound and then saved the third effort that was on target. So a triple save from Ryan Alsop ended the game as the ref blew for full time as that was as that was occurring. Uh, and Hull get the two one win. Um first first win on T side since ooh, well, two seasons ago when uh, King Lewis Potter scored the winner. Um, but other than that, that's the first time they'd uh, won there in 22 games, wasn't it, or something like that? Oh, no, wait, they had played them in the FA Cup, as which was not brought up in the... Uh... Again, Sky, with their useless commentary team and terrible statistics, this is, this is the... Uh, Hull haven't won in 24 meetings on Teesside, apart from the Keen Lewis Potter one. No, that is, that is incorrect. And both myself and Mr Williams were in attendance the day it happened... <laughs> um, as I believe it was the FA Cup run when Hull got to the final that year, so you know it was. And that was that, that was the third round, no less. That was the very beginning of the cup run. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all in all, um, not not a great night for my lot, but a very good night for Mister Woodman's lot. So congratulations, <laughs> sir, on the win. I mean, you say a very good night if you actually watch the if if you've managed to listen to this podcast without watching that game and are happy that Hull have won. You're the real winner here because that was 90 minutes plus injury time that we were never getting back. Yeah, it won't, it won't the best. Let's, let's, let's be honest. So, predictions-wise, no one had a Hull City win. Stu had a 1-0 Borough win with Latte Laugh the score, so gets himself a point for the goal scorer. I was all right after um, six minutes. Yeah, looking pretty good. Matt had gone for a 1-1 with Bangora to score for Borough and Delap to score for Hull. Andy had also gone for a 1-1 with Latte Laugh to score for the Borough and Delap to score for Hull. So until Tufan bundled in the winner, uh, Andy was on for lots and lots of points. Um, I had gone for a 2-2 draw. Uh, Crooks and Jones, who both really should have scored, let's be honest. Um, Morton and Delap to score for Hull. So everyone got at least a point in this one. I got one, Stu got one, Matt got one, and Andy finally, after five games, gets himself off the mat with two points. So for the week, Andy had two points, Stu had three points, myself and Mr Moore both had four points apiece. So, game week 19, done and dusted. Game week 20 on the horizon. Unfortunately, Mr Moore has not provided me with his predictions for this week. So sadly, there'll be no Mr Moore predictions to go through. So, just the three of us doing it. And the first game is Mr Moore's team of Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham Hotspur. I'll jump in first. I've gone for a 1-3 on this one. I think um, Forrester are potentially on for a bit of a hide here. I've gone for Origi to score for Forrest. And then a goal each for Sun. Richarlison and Kulishevsky. Uh Stu, what have you got for Spurs versus Forest? I mean, you might have already got the score in the book when I pulled a face when you said 1-3, because I also have Forest 1, Spurs 3. Uh, but the goal scorers are different. I've gone for Ilanga for Forest. Yeah. I've got 2 for Son. And of course, making his return to the city ground, um... Johnson. I had forgotten about old Dickie. Uh, Andrew? I've gone the other way. 2-0 to Forrest. Goal scorers? Wood and Alanga. I imagine if it's 1-1 and it's Wood and Johnson, that'll be perfect. The penile double. (laughs) Our second game of the week sees Hull City fresh off Mauling the Borough, taking on Cardiff City. 
when we see Mr. Woodman's team, he will go last. I've just gone for a straight up 1 0 win here with Twine to score the goal. Andy? Uh, yeah, very, very similar. 1 0 uh, with the dilapidator. Mm-mm-mm. 1 0 dilap. How do you see it panning out, Stu? Well, first and foremost, the only thing that Hull will be mauling this evening is the post match meal. Um, the. The game, however, on Saturday, I've got down as a 1-1 draw. Uh, okay. I've gone for Grant for Cardiff. And I've gone for Morton for Hull. Tyler Morton and his tiny wee socks. Our third game of the week sees another similar theme of Swansea City. So it's Welsh rabbit across the border this week for our boys. Not Matt, but that's not the point. Uh, he's not here. He doesn't count. Swansea City versus Middlesbrough. My team, I will go last. So let's go to Andy for his prediction first. Uh, two goals for the Borough. Nil. Nil two. Nil two. Your two goal scorers? Latte Laugh and Rogers. Rogers did come on this evening and looked as shit as always. Stu? Um, I have gone for a Desmond. So I've got Swansea 2, Middlesbrough 2. I've got Bolassi and Grimes for Swansea. Bolassi? Or Bolassi? B-O-L-A-S-I-E. Bolassi. Yeah. Uh, and I've I've got uh, hoping to put his issues from this evening behind him. Matt Crooks, or sorry, Mark Crooks, as uh, Sky labelled him this evening, and uh, Greenwood. Ah, yes, two of the players who were um, played within themselves, shall we say, this evening. <laughs> sorry, who was your second goal scorer for Swansea? Balassi and Grimes. Grimes. I have completely missed the fact that Balassi is even on the Swans team. And, of course, counts as the old boy rule. Um, I have got Middlesbrough 2-1 to win here. I I don't want that as my prediction anymore because they were terrible. But I'm going to stick with it. I've gone for Patterson to score for Swansea, Latte, Laugh and Silvera to score for the Borough. I dare say there'll be a few changes after tonight's game. Do you reckon um, Sil- Silvera probably have a better chance of starting, I would have thought, the uh, I mean, yes, but given the fact that he fluffed two pretty decent chances when he came on tonight, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Um, two, two games remaining. We've obviously got Mr Cook's boys to go through, and then we've got a cup game to round out the week. Um, we will just step away just momentarily to take a quick break and re- uh, recharge our batteries, though. Don't you do anything. We'll be right back for you, ladies and gentlemen. Recording in progress. See, just like that. Doesn't just it. So, last of two games to go through for week 20. Um, the first of which is Port Vale taking on Andy's team, Wigan Athletic. Obviously, it's Andy's adopted team, therefore he will give his prediction last. I'll, uh, I'll jump straight in here. I believe Mr. Cook may be changing teams this week as I've gone for a 1-0 Port Vale win with Ojo to score the goal. Stu? Uh, I've got 1-1. I've got Walters for Vale and Humphreys for Wigan. you see your boys getting on in uh, Stoke-on-Trent, Mr Cook? 1-0, or 0-1 should I say. Goal scorer? Come on. Here he goes. Here he goes. <laughs> for those of you who haven't been watching the podcast for the last what feels like forever. <laughs> the least. <laughs> Mr. Cook is referring to Stones. Correct. There. Um, and um, 
if my prediction of 1-0 to Port Vale does come to pass, technically, that would mean that Port Vale become Andrew's club. And Port Vale's next game just so happens to be in the League Cup against Middlesbrough. Now, obviously, this hasn't been included because it might be Mr. Cook's team. This has been included because it is my team. However, if Port Vale were to beat Wigan, Port Vale become Andy's team. Which then means, if Middlesbrough were to beat Port Vale, Middlesbrough become Andy's team. So, there's a little bit of podcast inception for you, somewhat. Honestly, the, the, the possibility of this happening, I am so excited to get my scarves out. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be wearing them with pride. Andy, you'll, you'll be alright though, because then at least when it comes time and Borough then lose at some point in the season going forward, at least you can leave them behind, whereas Paul is permanently stuck. Yeah, it'll be awesome when Borough, if, if they do end up winning against Port Vale and then get to the semi-final and get drawn against Liverpool. <laughs> oh, Is no, that the no. point where we just stop doing the extra ticket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we just, uh, I think we just cut that particular rule off, like the diseased limb it will have become. <laughs> so, as we said. Last game of the week is the League Cup quarter-final, which sees Port Vale take on my boys, Middlesbrough. Obviously, it's my team, therefore I will give the prediction last. Um, Andy, what have you got for Port Vale versus the Borough? Mm, yeah, um, nil three. <laughs> Goal scorers? Latte laugh. Silvera and I uh, just double check is Fours still a viable option in the uh... um, he's still classed as injured however there was some sort of news on the Middlesbrough Evening Gazette um, earlier in the day where they said they, were have, they had some form of positive news on um, injuries that were potentially in uh, in line to come back in. So let's have a look and see if there's any sort of news. <laughs> injuries, injuries, injuries. <laughs> It's all looking... His name isn't coming up in any sort of thing saying returning soon. So I would I would shy away. Okay, then. Put, put me uh, one down for Rogers as well, then. Okay. Just to be on the safe side. So just to clarify, that was a 3-0 win with Lasse, Lapp, Silvera and Rogers to score. Correct. Stu? Um, what are the chances that he'll play a lot of youth team that I don't know? I or would say be... slim, given that it's a quarter final. I think he'll okay. out a strong side, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's tempted to maybe play this young lad who scored quite a lot for the under twenty ones called Callum Kavanagh. If he's looking to rest one of the strikers. Also, can we can we run a side sweep on the fact that within the first three minutes of the game they'll mention it was the last cup that Middlesbrough won and etc etc. Yes, please. Yeah, I thought, I thought I, it's happening. Um, I mean, you say that you say that as if it's going to be on TV, even though there are four games at this round not on TV. That's bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. Well, in that case then, if it's going to be a fairly strong side from from the horse's mouth, as it were, I'll stick with my uh, first team players. So I've gone for a 1-2 Borough win. Um, I've got Garrity for Vale. Uh, I've gone for Rodgers 
and just for absolute banter, bar laser. Absolute banter, you say? Mm-hmm. So it would have been strange if I'd have gone, say, 3-1 with Coburn, Rogers, and Barlazer to score for the Borough. <laughs> uh, well, that's strange, that, because that is what I've come for. Um, and my one goal for Port Vale, um, he's back, ladies. Uche Ikpiatsu plays for Port Vale. Oh, so, uh, I would I would be very surprised if he doesn't start the game, let's put it that way. Um, and... Given how our season is going, I would be very surprised if he doesn't bag. Um, yes, obviously, if Middlesbrough are able to put uh, put paid to Portfield, they will uh, they will set up a two legged semi final against a guaranteed Premier League opposition, as the Portfield and Middlesbrough were the two lowest ranked teams left in the competition. Um, I can't think of the top of my head. I know that Newcastle played Chelsea. Um, I think it's Everton West Ham and I can't think who Liverpool have got in the other semi-final uh, quarter-final sorry. Um, so we'll see we will see obviously Mr Moore's predictions are lacking at this stage however if he gets them to me before the kickoff of Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham I will add them to the book of course so he can still score points do you have any odds for us there Mr Woodmansey I do, um, just to round that out for for, for um, the fullness of the uh, piece on the League Cup. It's Everton, Fulham, Port Vale, Middlesbrough, Chelsea, Newcastle and Liverpool, Wet Spam. If that final game could end in a minus one all each where both teams just get in the sea, um, yes please. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll agree that that game ends as like a no contest and whoever gets drawn against them just gets the bye to the final. Yeah, that and works for them. that. That works for me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm obviously working just on Forest, Hull and Borough. Um, so, the odds this week, for all three teams to win, you can get yourself almost 16 to 1. Um, for all three teams to lose, you can get yourselves just over 20 to 1. But for all three teams to draw, and again, the draws are obviously always going to be that bit higher, it's roughly 44 to 1. <laughs> so if, uh, if all three teams do manage a draw, um, I mean, with, without being horrible to Matt, I, I think Forrest are probably the least likely of the three to draw. Um, but stranger things have happened. They tend to play better against teams that are, are doing well and Tottenham are having a bit of a season so far, so you never know. Uh, but yeah, it's if if I'm not here next week, it's because I've gone and spent my uh, £44 on copious amounts of... Oh no, two cans of craft beer. Um, <laughs> Obviously, he'll be doing... He'll, he, he won't be doing that with them because, uh, you know... For the price that they cost, no one's wasting the craft beer. Um, yes, that brings us to the end of the predictions portion of the podcast. And then obviously, we open it up to, does anyone have anything else to bring? But um, something that's been uh, flying its way around our group chat, um, after, it, after it occurred a couple of days ago, was an absolutely horrendous scene, uh, scene of events in, uh, in the Turkish League, where... I'm just going to try and I'm just going to refresh my memory on it. Um, it was do 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 do. So this is according to Sky Sports who reported this uh, a day ago. Matches in all Turkish football leagues have been suspended indefinitely by its football association after a club president punched that's correct punched a referee at the end of a Super League get a match on Monday night. Faruk Koka, probably butchered that. Who is the president of, oh my good lord, Ankaraguchu, ran onto the pitch and struck official Halil Umut Meler after their top flight game against Rizespor. Koka's side had considered a 97th equaliser, ensuring Rizespor would stay four points clear of their hosts after the 1 1 draw. Um, and if you actually see the, the video of the of the incident, the, the guy literally runs onto the pitch alongside some of the players from his own team 
and literally cold cocks the ref with a shot from behind. The ref doesn't see it coming. And like, he doesn't go up to him like face to face and punch him. He does it like proper cowardly and then gets him from like the back. It's a, it's a proper shit out move on the uh, on the on the part of the ref. Uh, not the ref, sorry, the um, the uh, president. Um, and yeah, <laughs> just a, a bit crazy. Obviously, kind of close to home in the fact that obviously Mr. Woman's team owned by a Turkish person. Um, well, not not just any Turkish person either. Somebody who's very famous within effectively is known as the Simon Cowell of Turkey. Owns a lot of media. Does a lot of. Um, Television and all the rest of it. So um, it's his sort of coming to to England to buy a team because of his love of football stems from the fact that he first picked it up in his home country and and obviously the influx of players that we had at the very start of his uh, tenure. Like obviously we've still got two fan um, and players that have played for um, Turkish clubs that have that he's then seen play there that have been recommended to come over on loan or what have you. So that there's been a heavy influence, but if the league's suspended indefinitely, um, we might be almost as busy as Nottingham Forest in the January transfer window. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see. It's, as a football fan, and as just a, just a general human being, you, you absolutely don't want to see it, as Paul said, blindsiding anybody... But in a sporting environment, at the end of the day, it is a game. Yes, emotions run high and all the rest of it. As a parent, my God, is this a good teaching tool about uh, sportsmanship and what you should and shouldn't do? Because it's always that thing of like, you know, you might, if something happens. You, oh, if you do that again, this is going to happen. Well, this time, if you do that again, we're going to shut the league down. Well, now look what we've had to do. So. <laughs> Um, it's it, it's been a good teaching tool, but Jesus Christ! Like, imagine being the guy who got your your entire country's football shut down that season. Because, like, what are they going to do? Crazy, crazy, isn't it? It's just baffling. Like, obviously, like you said, it, it, like people need to understand. At the end of the day, it is a game. Fair enough. Yeah, you might be pissed off that your team's just lost or whatever, or drawn. I was going to say they hadn't even lost that. It was a draw. Yeah, it was draw. It was because they hadn't, but they, they then couldn't um, make ground, could they, on the, the the team that they were playing? It's just, I, I mean, I mean, like I say, it's bad enough to go up to the guy and like you know look at him face to face and punch him straight in the face, but to do when he's like when he can't even see the punch coming, it's even more disgraceful. Right, and it's just like the guy should the guy should shouldn't be allowed to own a, a, a club anymore. He should he should be banned from all football for the rest of his life. I think that the only way that they'll restart the league is if he resigns from his position. I think yeah. that's what they're that's what they're waiting for. But it's Probably. how stubborn is he with regards to you know it's, it's not just as when when you're the president it's maybe not quite as simple as just up in sticks. It depends how much ownership he's got of it as well. If he is just president by position or or, or you know yeah. by, he's got shares in the club or whatever. Uh, that was that was the only thing I had to bring bring to the table. Uh, lads, have either of you got anything you'd like to discuss? Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed watching Leeds lose last night, but other than that... Um... <laughs> yeah, but for me it was one of those ones where, you know, fair enough, ha ha ha, Leeds lost, but then it was like, oh Christ, that means that Sunderland got a win. So... I, I do quite enjoy the fact that... Uh, at Sunderland, though, that obviously because they've got Joe Bellingham who scored the the winning goal, and um, clearly doesn't want to be known for being Jude Bellingham's brother, so he's just announced to the stadium as Joe. That's it. He's yeah. He even he even plays with that just on his back. He just plays with Job, J O B E on his back. So yes, yeah. do quite do quite enjoy that. But um, it's it's a funny one that because Sunderland are then one of them sides that. Again, like Birmingham were in the earlier part of the season, have done pretty well, and then have binned off their manager. Mm. Yeah, very a very a very strange set of uh, set of circumstances there. Uh, obviously, one thing we should bring up is the fact that um, tonight was the last game of the group stage of the Champions League, 
um, and joining Manchester United in uh, failing to uh, not not only just qualify, sorry, not not only not qualifying for the knockout round of the Champions League, um, Newcastle United followed suit in finishing bottom of their of their group and not even being dumped into the Europa League, ladies and gentlemen. So Newcastle having had to wait all of like 10 years or so when it was that they last played uh, um, Champions League football or, or European football, it lasted all of six games. Well done, lads. Cheers for I coming. Mean, Get back in your little box. At, at least... Their little European adventure hasn't left them with a squad ravaged by injury, and like you know, they're looking in a strong position for the next. Haven't they got Man City coming up and a few others? More than likely, they've obviously got their uh, their League Cup quarter final against Chelsea midweek next week. So that'll be interesting. We'll see see if they can cobble a team together to uh, to play that. You, you watch, you know, you know full well what's going to happen. Their team will just come right again just at the week commencing the third round of the FA Cup. More than likely. Uh, but yes, such a shame that uh, such a giant of world football is uh, no longer in the Champions League. But never mind, eh? Never mind. There you have it. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to uh, these two fine gentlemen for joining me once again to go through their team's and my team. Huh. Maybe next week we'll just not bother with the Borough games. We'll just we'll just go through your boys. It's, it's, it's fine. Um, but yes, join us again next week. We'll break down this week's games. We'll discuss next week's games as well. But until then, take care of yourselves and we'll see you in about a week's time. Tassie, bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Matt, you were missed, but we, we, we did our best to cover for your absence. Big thank you for watching, big thank you for listening, big thank you for being here. If I can ask you to do a couple of jobs, not jobs really, just a couple of little things before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button, and that way you get in touch with us that is it for this one until next time i'm going to say bye and i'll see you then thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football if you've enjoyed this episode please like share and subscribe